welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. We speak very often about telling stories, starting with story. Our today's special guest will tell us how we can start with a story and make sure that through the whole speech or presentation, the message of the story will go very deeply until the end. Mike Richards is the brand manager at Amshan Finland, a business network serving over 300 companies, grow their business in the new North region and Nordic companies go global. Prior to Amcham, Mike was the executive director of UNO in El Paso, Texas, a nonprofit organization designed to help young people succeed in life. During this time, Mike's podcast was featured on iTunes as a top trending podcast, and he traveled Mexico and the Southern United States, speaking to more than 100,000 young people and college students as a motivational speaker. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hey, Oscar. How you doing? I'm very good. Happy to have you here, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Mike, could you tell us a bit more about yourself? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a... I'm a born and uh, bred in El Paso, Texas. My mm -hmm. my dad's American, my mom's Mexican. I uh, grew up on the border. My parents are both uh, missionaries and pastors. Um, and so I uh, grew up listening to a lot of public speaking and mm -hmm. a lot of preaching um, and took on an act for it. I really enjoy it. Um, I went then to study uh, to Dallas, uh, in Dallas and uh, uh, in Dallas, if you know anything about the church scene in Dallas, there's a lot of uh, these mega pastors mm -hmm. with these big churches and some really phenomenal speakers. Um, so you get to listen to those guys and I've enjoyed watching mm -hmm. people like T.D. Jakes uh, speak often and uh, uh, some other really great speakers in the area. And then I met my wife in college and uh, she happened to be a Finnish lady. And uh, so we were in El Paso for five years while I did UNO, uh, which was helping young people uh, basically orientate their life. Um, and then from there, um, my wife one day said, let's move to Finland. And so we packed our bags and we moved <laughs> this way. And here we are in Helsinki now. And uh, really glad to now be working at Amcham, which is a really cool business network. You get to meet some great people and partner with companies and uh, there's a lot of opportunities as an individual and also as uh, organizations and companies to to get to experiment and use the uh, the network for the across the Nordic region. It's really great stuff. Awesome, and it's really I'm happy to interview for the first time a podcaster. know you were you were podcaster for in El Paso for some time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. Basically, what we did is we took the speeches that we did at the at uh, within our organization at Uno, and uh, we put them up on on a podcast, and they were based twenty to thirty minute speeches mm -hmm. uh, that I would do on an almost weekly basis, if not two or three times a week, 
and um, it was downloaded a whole lot one summer. We just had like tons of downloads, and mm-hmm. I remember going on frequenting podcasts a lot. I w- went onto iTunes. They don't tell you this happens, but I went onto iTunes, yes. and it was like. Oh my gosh, there's your face like on, (laughs) it's like trending and you're like, what? This is impossible. And yeah, it was, it was like kind of surreal feeling. I Mm. took a selfie with, uh, (laughs) with it and everything. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. So yeah, I got to, I did podcasting. It was a lot of fun. Nice. And how did you end up being a speaker? What was your how was your first day as a speaker? Well, I mean, b- growing up in church, you hear a lot of uh, mm. speaking and preaching, and uh, and naturally, my first opportunity to speak was in in a church, and uh, and it it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's you know, get, I, I think public speaking always does this, no matter what the uh, what the background is. You know, be in a church setting or be in a uh, within a company or be within a present, a self-help presentation of some sorts. It doesn't matter what the objective is. There's always a problem. There's uh you know, there's always, a, there's a, there's a person with a problem that needs to come to a solution. And that's what powerful public speaking does is that it'll, it'll try, it'll take you through this to finding either what your need is at the moment, identifying with it as a public speaker, get, being able to help the audience identify with it, moving on to realizing how deplorable the situation is and how much better it can be finding a resolution and then having the success at the end of the story. And so uh, uh, getting to grow up under really some really great speakers, uh, I was really fortunate and getting to listen to a lot of it. And I, 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 I like to say I study it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some really great speakers out there that I'll listen to. Uh, and I'll just try to pick up on what what they're doing, how they transition, how they tell a story, how far into a presentation do they tell a story? What's their opener like? How did they open? Did they start with a greeting? How long was the greeting until they started their story? All these things I love. And it all started because I was within the church context of church mm-hmm. and I got to see it. Uh, and I got a knack for it. And when I got to do it, I remember it's, it does give you a high. There's an adrenaline rush that goes with public speaking and, uh, and the endorphins kick in. And so you become addicted to it. So I, <laughs> I like doing it. Yeah. I see you. I see you or you being addicted already. I see you once live. So it's really great. Uh, and, <laughs> and I know that you have been uh, analyzing and, and watching many great speakers. That's a great way to, to learn. Mike. Could you tell us a stage fry moment? Yeah, um, I mean, I've had several. Um, the the first I remember was like the first time I was invited to speak somewhere, uh, and it was uh, it was at a church, and it was a small church in uh, in Mexico in Ciudad Juarez, and um, and it was like there was maybe like thirty people, all p- people between the ages of like forty five and. Moses, however old Moses would be yeah. now. I mean, they were old people. And and I, I remember that I was really excited and I'd prepared and I had gotten my speech down and I showed up and I remember my opening line. Like I get up there and I'm really nervous and mm-hmm. they had asked me 20 minutes. And so I was really aware of kind of like the 20 minute mark. 
And I was like, oh, I'll go over the 20 minutes. I need to be careful. You know, being a total novice mm. at this and an idiot. <laughs> and so <laughs> I remember my joke was I pulled out of my pocket my notes and I start reading as if it was, because I was 12 years old at the time. And I start reading as if it was like a list to go to the grocery store. And yeah, so like a uh, loaf of bread, 12 eggs, milk, <laughs> and, and nobody laughs. Like it wasn't funny to the audience. And I was like, okay. And then I start reading. I read like the opening statement. And then I was like, I'm done. Thank you. Closed the notes and walked off the stage. And yeah, so it was kind of, it was like this total, total mess up. Um, So, but that was my first time. But that goes to show don't give up Mm because you, we can't, you don't, Babe Ruth didn't hit a home run every time he went to bat. Um, and the same way, you know, Messi doesn't score every time he touches the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that was one stage fright moment where it was kind of like nobody laughed. I didn't know what's going on. And then like uh, panicked and just moved on. Um, but I'm pretty talkative, as you can see. And um, if I'm not uh, it, it, stage fright, what it'll do to me is I'll start to ramble and mm-hmm. just repeat myself and repeat myself. But in a wrong way. Like there's one way to repeat it while you're speaking in public and then there's the way of just like saying nuisance and that's what happens to me is a moment when it's like you're tense you don't know what's going on you're lost you forgot your what the point of your message is and then you're stuck on something that's you're stuck on a minor point of your speech mm. not the major point of what you're trying to get across yeah so that but that was one of my blunders <laughs> great that you didn't give up as you said yeah <laughs> <laughs> mike you proposed to talk today about uh, stories right and I will ask you first, why should we start with a story? Yeah, why start with a story? Well, I think uh, stories are critical. It's a way of people identifying uh, with the message. And when I say stories, um, I personally, and I mean, there's no, I don't think there's like a right way or a wrong way of public speaking. Well, there is a wrong way, uh, which would be just simply not preparing and being like, lazy about your approach to it but um, there's no wrong formula in my case I find stories to be a very powerful tool when they're personal Mm. and when you can use even a little bit of self uh, uh, making fun of yourself a bit Mm. uh, and using real life applications so that your audience immediately can identify with that moment And if you immediately from the gate can get people to drop down to like, I've had that experience, they'll begin to understand the the steps of what you're trying to spit at them. So uh, I I find stories to be very powerful in that sense. I think they're a connector. They're an eye opener for people as to like, Mm -hmm. oh, this guy's not that different than me. Or uh, I understand mm. what they're going at. So when you can use at least a story where everybody will understand mm-hmm. to start. And I think that's the goal is like start out so that you bring the, the common denominator low. Everybody can apply to this. Mm. Um, and if, it, you know, uh, on a personal level, I'll, t- I'll tell childhood stories uh, mm. to get something started because everyone has had a childhood and typically, most of us experienced a lot of the same kind of funny things in our childhood. Yes. So if we can connect in that way, uh, then I feel like I've got the audience from a get-go. 
now let's move forward into diglossing or opening up the uh the the message um so that's why i would start with a story um and then i think key to the story is weaving the story uh know how to tell the story finish the story transition out of the story Mm -hmm. but then also how to weave in and out of the story as you go through your entire presentation Mm -hmm. to then get to a punchline of like that's how i solve my problem Sure. Yeah, excellent. Uh, the, the point that you said that um, one of the main reasons is to connect, right? From the very f- uh, beginning of the speech, not only to to call the attention that you, usually we talk about calling the attention or bring the attention back yeah. from the first, but also the connection is a yeah. really good point you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, the truth is this, is people will judge you from before you step on stage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as you walked on, there's an immediate assumption of about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it be the suit that you're wearing, be the shoes yeah. you're wearing, be the, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> if you, I dealt a lot with teenagers, both mainly high school and university students. Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with these age groups, uh, they're watching you right off the bat. Like, how do you walk? How do you, what, what's the first thing you do? And immediately you can start to lose portions of your audience if you don't quickly come with a story that's like, ha, 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 this is funny. I know exactly what he's talking about (laughs) because I did the same thing, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think that's connecting with a good story is very important. Um, And how you tell the story is critical. Excellent. You already start saying, talking already about how to develop the story, the punchline. Could you tell us now if you have a method or the best practice, the step-by-step, how to use the story or even one more than, more than one story from the beginning until the end? Could you tell us a bit more of this? Yeah, I mean, I would take a story and uh, let's say we we're talking about uh, overcoming deception. Let's say that that's how to overcome mm. deception. Everybody yes. experiences deception. Mm. That's a very... It's a broad subject, but mm. at the time, it's very personal. And I could start with a story, let's say that when I was a kid, uh, mm. I played basketball, and um, I remember shooting outside of my house in my driveway playing basketball, and then some kids came over and wanted to play with me, and they completely punked me when they stole my basketball oh. and walked away. And I stood beneath the light of the neighborhood as these kids walked away with mm. my basketball totally deceived in thinking they had good intentions and so every right away we have people one uh, people know okay childhood i played sports i've been robbed and Mm. and one way or another and and then we can then try to equate to like and that's how life is in the moment you least expect and that's where the transition comes in the moment you least expect it somebody's deceived you Mm. and so then we go into like, what are we going to, how are we going to start to degloss this then? And then you start going through the problems that deception can create. Uh, and I think in t- typically, and I try to do, when I do public speaking, I try to find what's the problem, define the problem and find the solution. And then my job as a communicator is to not give away the obvious because I think the obvious is always there. And people are smart enough to follow along. Mm-hmm. But my job as a communicator is to be able to guide you along the journey for you to connect dots in your own life as to how can you, or for your own product. You know, in, in this case mm-hmm. that where you saw me speak, we were talking about uh, marketing product, uh, product. And 
we started out with a story about a guy who, or a world writer who, um, he invented the machine that cuts bread. Hmm. And so we started out with a story about a guy that focused on all the wrong things. And so the story here wasn't about the bread cutter. It was about where the focus goes. Mm, and yes. so we transitioned. It's like, this is the mistake we make. We'll focus on the patents and the little details that really don't matter to the consumer. What the consumer wants is nice sliced bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and so it wasn't until 20 years later that then a company uh, comes along and uh, Wonder Bread and sells the product. They market the product the right way. They weren't about the patents. They knew people just wanted a nice packaged, fresh bread. They didn't mm-hmm. even talk about it being sliced. And yes. so, um, and so from there, being able to take an application like this, a story that everybody will relate to is like, yeah, sometimes I focus on the wrong thing on my product. How do we then now transition over to then realizing like, you know, this is a problem when we focus on all the wrong things. People stop listening. People don't care. Attention spans are shorter than ever. How do we beat this? The swing around is this, is we need to talk to people's emotions. And so as a public speaker, our job is to take them from like, get them to identify, from identify to realize the problem, from realizing the problem, this is what the ideal solution could be. Mm -hmm. And then from the ideal, how do we get there? Yes. And in the last steps, you still use the story? How how you still connect the yeah, story? Yeah, I mean, what I'll try to do is weave in and um, most typically what I'll do is I'll take my story and I'll then try to bring it back at the end mm-hmm. for my closing. I might mention it through, through sure. like in moments, like I might be back, come back to like, you know, as or as the bread cutter dude, he messed up, you know, in this area. I might mention areas to bring us back, mm-hmm. but the key thing, or even with deception, it's like, you know, it's that moment of trust where we can talk about like, you know, it's uh, only people who are close to you can hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then we can then bring it back to, under, to, we can bring it back to, you know, just like that moment. It'll be those people that you invite into your life, people you invite to play basketball with, to do something you have fun with that then destroy or deceive you in a way. And then try to weave it in that way and then move on to maybe use it to transition into my next point. So I Mm -hmm. use my story opening and then I'll do like the problem and then use a piece of my story to transition to the next point, Uh a piece of my story to transition to my next point. Mm -hmm. And then at the end as to the punchline as to like, you know, and like a kid being Mm -hmm. left alone under the light without a basketball, my hope is that there's a store full of basketballs. And it's not the last basketball that's disappeared, you know, and some, you know, I'm making it up on the yes. spot, but <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. What would be the way to be able to inject my story back again so that people relate again to understanding like this was the point. How do we get back to this point? Isn't the story. The point is the principle behind the story. Oh, yes. Okay. Thanks. That sounds really, really great method. And yeah, it's, it's, um, as you mentioned in the, in good speeches, you, you notice you can, um, if you analyze a bit, if you check the point, the, the steps, you see that many great speakers do what you are saying. This is all these steps. Mm. And what about using more than one story in a in a single presentation mm. or or speech? I I'm I'm okay with it. Like mm. I do I do it, but what I do is I do is like one main story. Mm-hmm. You have your main story that's gonna eat up 30 percent of your presentation. Okay. And then what you do is 
you'll, you know, 20 to 30% of your presentation, and then you can insert small stories here and there mm -hmm. to make a point. Because the thing is, you know, like public speaking, people aren't going to necessarily walk away with every single word you say. But yes. if we give them a basket, which let's say the basket is mm -hmm. our main story that has the main principle, and then we're going to throw in some fruit in there mm -hmm. added. And these are these little stories that might help drive us, you know, a punt, uh, drive a point. And, um, that's so why I think like in business case studies always are great because it's a way of reminding people. It's a story that's reminding mm -hmm. people like, oh, that was successful. Oh, Apple markets this way. That's that's the way success happens. Uh, you know, Tesla's doing this. That's how that's that happens. And, you know, if we can insert little trinkets to help people, people will walk away. And this is my thought. People will walk away and they might not necessarily always connect exactly what the point was they'll remember the story and then the story can trigger the memory of what the point was mm -hmm. uh so if we remember the little the, the stories so yeah i'm fine with it um i would just be careful to not like the problem with a lot of storytelling is we focus on all the stupid details that don't matter mm. like you go into it and, and i learned this from uh paying attention to some comedians i watch mm -hmm. comedians a lot <laughs> and they these guys talk about like if you start out a story and you're like, I was going to Starbucks and I started to order my uh, my venti soy chai latte, extra hot, no whip, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with two sleeves on it. And then all of a sudden the girl walks in the store and then you start to deliver your punchline that had nothing to do with your stupid coffee. And that's what happens with a lot of storytelling is that we tell all the wrong parts. Like we start telling about, you know, what the weather was like when the weather isn't critical to the story mm. and people distracts, can, can distract. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you, it distracts completely mm. and it takes away. Like what happens is I started talking about a soy chai latte and people listening here started thinking about a soy chai latte. And, you know, you might have lost the point that the point of this is don't tell bad stories with bad, I, with bad parts in it. The point of the mm. story is that when you're telling a story, Keep to the essential parts. What is needed? Our brains will pick up all of the... Our brains will color yes. the rest of it. Mm. We just need to draw the main lines and then let our minds... Let the audience's mind fill in the details. Let them think... Because the, the more I the more I get to be specific on something, mm. the more me it becomes or the more related to that story. But the more... The general... As mm. general as I leave it could possibly even people start imagining themselves within mm, the story yes. which is far more powerful yeah it's more yeah more effective for the audience less in myself yeah yeah excellent what else do you recommend to to add when when do you are telling stories or to pay attention in order to make your storytelling um, more powerful i give you some examples such as visuals imitating voices Props. Which one you recommend? Uh, do one, but not all. Okay. Uh, if you do any at all. Mm. Uh, but I think I think uh, there's some some great examples, and I can't think of any on my mind right now. But there, I, I can remember one speaker on TED that used props mm. so well. Like he did a whole lot of props to tell a story, mm -hmm. but he didn't get into the fancies of the voice. He didn't do mm. weird things with the screen. He focused, don't have too many moving parts. Yeah. Um, I think the simpler you can make it, uh, because the point, and always remember, is that when telling a story, the point of this, the point is not even the story itself. It's the point you're trying to get across. So don't distract people by having 50 freaking slides 
and having a, a driving car with an astronaut that lands in the car while you tell the story <laughs> so that your audience missed out on your story and was impressed by an astronaut landing on a car on the stage. I don't know if that makes my point clear, you know, but I would I would be keep it simple, stupid. I think that's the best kind of uh, idea when doing presentations. Yeah, so it's the same principle. It's uh, avoid it being uh, avoid distracting. I'll, the, the I'll give you an example. We we did this. Uh, there was a a, a ve very good speaker before me, and she used a whole bunch of slides to try to communicate a little bit of what her organization did. Mm -hmm. And I walked up on stage, and because uh, I, I was immediately after her, no breaks, no introduction. It was like, and now we introduce Mike. And I walked literally. She ends now. Introduce Mike. Walk Whoa. up. And I forgot to even take off her last slide. Oh. Well, but that didn't matter because there was so much that this person gave. Nobody got the point. But when they walked away, and they were, it was a group of uh, executives that were coming in for some best practice seminar. Uh, when they walked away, I left. I did my speech and I, I left, but uh, some of my colleagues were on the bus and they said they couldn't stop talking about you. Oh. And it was like, and there was somebody far more senior than I that was before me with far mm. more experience than I in the category. But the deal was they crowded the message with all the wrong things. And so uh, that's what I think keeping it as simple as possible, even if you have the wrong slide behind you, people <laughs> will remember you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'll remember what you were going at. Mike, please share with us your favorite quotation. My favorite quote. It's by Sam Walton, uh, the founder of Walmart. And mm -hmm. he had a quote. My dad had this on his wall. And I, I, I think it's really marked. Uh, it's, it's been like something that's really, you know, put a mark on my, on my life. Mm -hmm. And it said, it said this. It said, uh, uh, to achieve success, you must double your failure rate. And I thought that's kind of interesting, you know, to achieve success. Mm -hmm. You must achieve your failure rate. And that's really interesting. Double your failure rate. Because a lot of times we try to stay risk averse and stay away from failure. And here's a guy, you like Walmart or not, I mean, their success story is pretty impressive as being him an executive. And um, the idea of like, you're going to have to fail. And if you want to mm. succeed, you're going to have to do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So in public yeah. speaking, if you want to get good, yeah. you're going to have to mess up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just go, go to the stage and you will fail sometimes, but I will yeah. help you. Yeah. Don't, I mean, the thing is, this is the worst part would be is making a mistake and then not learning from yes, it exactly. uh, or not coming back to analyze. Uh, if you can analyze yourself and be very honest with yourself mm. and maybe get even people that are close to you that can then tell you like this, you did well, this, you did bad. And be really honest with you and you then take these notes and improve upon it mm. you're gonna be successful yeah that's a great quote thank you mike now could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and you think our listeners should read it yeah uh, i recently read the book uh, david and goliath by um malcolm uh, gladwell and uh, I loved it. It's it, Gladwell's books are really interesting. Sometimes they're really hard to read uh, just because of the, the way he puts them out. But uh, this one I really enjoyed. And the basic concept of it is, you know, the David and Goliath 
not, not he does tell the story, but uh, people who faced giants in their life mm. and in the circumstances that they were and how they overcame them. Mm. And that's something that I personally always love. It's kind of like the underdog, how to, yes. how to come out and win. And it was really cool. That's something that you might take away is, you know, every public speaker is different. Mm. And so we can't compare like, uh, you know, Tony Robbins speaks in a certain way <laughs> and has a gravitas to his speaking that I don't have. Uh, but if I take the principles behind David and Goliath, I'll be able to find my weakness amongst everybody else's, my, my strength amongst mm-hmm. everybody else's weakness and come out on top. Uh, it's really interesting. I highly recommend it. I loved it a lot. Excellent. Mike, finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? An exercise that I do weekly to shine in public speaking or just in general? If possible, in public speaking or in general? Well, I mean, in public speaking, something that I, uh, I like to do is not th- overthink it. And I think sometimes we'll get um, a colleague of mine, really great guy, uh, he, he used to clam up a lot. And he'd read and he'd study his notes and he'd really mm. like overthink the process. And, um, and so to shine, I think it's like, forget about it. I mean, I'll, try, I'll close my, my mind to what I'm about to talk about maybe 12 hours before. And mm. so that way... When I come up on stage, I'm, I'm I try to treat it as like fresh and authentic. Mm. I don't want to sound rehearsed and robotic, mm. and uh, too uh, too systematic. I want it to feel natural, almost like we're having a conversation. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something that I I would do. Okay, that's a good piece of advice. So you uh, rehearsal time stops. 12 hours before this something like that i'm not i'm not a i'm not militant i'm very i'm very much an artist in the sense <laughs> that <laughs> deadlines aren't always exactly my best yes. friend so um yeah so but i mean i try to stop thinking about it before i won't i won't dwell too much on an engagement before doing it mm. thanks a lot mike was a really great interview a lot of stuff about storytelling and how really to use it that's something we don't hear it so often so thanks a lot for that no thanks for inviting me finally could you tell us how our listeners can follow you learn more about you yeah i think the easiest way would be on twitter mm-hmm. maybe uh my twitter handle is uh mike underscore richards um uh, and i tweet in english and spanish and uh spanglish also. and spanglish <laughs> yeah we, uh, oscar and i were talking about how el paso people where i'm from we don't speak english or spanish we speak spanglish <laughs> and uh i want to i'll spare you the embarrassment of listening to me uh in case you're like on some bus and want don't want to listen to some guy speaking weird weird form of english and spanish together um but uh yeah that'd probably be the best way and i mean i'm i love uh talking and connecting and uh being a i am a christian and uh i'd like to blog about faith and some of the thoughts on my heart and what what i feel is uh happening in in my life and other people's life and i have a blog it's uh mike richards dot me um mm-hmm. and uh you can find me there if you want to read up on some stuff it's in spanish okay. uh yeah My aud- the uh, people who listen to me are typically uh, either in Mexico or Latin, uh, 
mm-hmm. in the United States. You have to, so, yeah, it's in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. All the best. Thank you, Oscar. All the best to the podcast. I think it's really cool. And I mean, if anything, we can always get better. And these are great ways to, uh, to pick up on some people that, that do it right. Not me, but other people. <laughs> <laughs> some others. Thank you very much, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website www.timetoshinepodcast.com Welcome to listen to us again next week.